Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. We begin hour number two of the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. Dave Ross alongside Mike Pritchard. And Pritchard, we're going to have Lou Finicaro join us this hour to break down UFC 273. Some very intriguing matchups that we talked about pre-show a little bit. Can't wait to pick the brain of Lou Finicaro. I will say in hour number one, Commissioner Mike Pritchard <laughs> of Major League Baseball has said, hey, you want to police yourselves. Right. You get beamed. You take that lead at first. Pitcher's got to look over his shoulder, not to pick you off, but to wonder, is he coming after me? Because maybe, maybe that would stop the bean balls in baseball. Oh, it absolutely would stop it. I mean, the first time that that would happen, mm. I, I don't want to guarantee it, but there's a high probability it could. I mean, I'm seriously, I like not only is a pitcher thinking that could happen if if, if somebody actually does something like that, um, but think about the games that you can play. With a pitcher, and and again, it's all about a pitcher having the audacity to throw a ball at me, not not brush me back. I get that; that's part of the game. You, you want but some you more hit room, me. yeah? But you're trying to throw the ball at me, maybe once, maybe twice. We've seen that, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I'm going to take my base because the catcher knows he's going to go inside. The catcher might have gave him a sign, or the pitcher gave him a sign and said, "Look, I'm going after this guy." So the catcher's ready. The first baseman's not ready, and he's not an athlete anyway. I tell you what, we kid, but we're, we're actually we're trying to end the bean. Balls. Exactly, that's the point exactly. here. We're actually trying to end it, not not make this you know Fight Club or UFC mm-hmm. and no, baseball. No, 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 no. But like we're saying, this might be a deterrent, and maybe the pitcher thinks twice about pitching inside. 
You know, it, it is weird. Like, I know everybody wants offense in baseball. Mm-hmm. So pitching inside takes that away, right? We have given so much autonomy to the, to the hitter. That that because that's the game. What the game yeah. wants. That I think the p- the pitcher goes. What about what about me? Am I not allowed to pitch inside? Is that half of the plate off? And I've talked to a lot of former major leaguers sure. about this. And some of those guys do take offense. I've seen it online. Some of the old timers. They're like, this isn't the way I played. Right. That's right. my plate too. You can't stand over it and put all that body. Barry Bonds made it famous. I know. Put all the body armor on. Go mm-hmm. ahead and hit me. And they did. Well, you know, and the thing is, each game has their own rules um and yeah. you, know, you think about my sport football you know police in a game like we know when somebody's trying to injure us as opposed to playing the game tough and so if you cross that line well okay we, we got to police that and so i think every sport is like that can you give me an, you don't have to if you don't want to can you give me an example where players say you know what we know that in this game if right. x person does this I'm coming out. I remember Lawrence Taylor mic'd up in the in the 80s when he got cut blocked right. against Mickey Shure of the mm-hmm. Jets. And the next play, it didn't matter what the play was called. LT went to get his revenge on the field. Right, right. So that stuff goes on. Oh, absolutely. I mean, if you see an offensive lineman uh, dive at a player's legs from behind, that's that's crossing we're, the line. We're getting you. Yeah, yeah. That's that's uncalled for. And you know, and and so my sport too. We know about the fines, and uh, you know that will happen. But some teams are okay with fines. You know, they 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 kind of help compensate for the fact that there could be a fine out there. We we know that that exists in the league. So. Uh, to police it, though, we have to be able to under, give that understanding back to that defensive player that, look, you, you've crossed the line. And so that takes place, too. Uh, and, and so I think every sport, like I mentioned, I think every sport has that. Uh, baseball, not so much because of the fact that mm. there's a lot of anticipation of something about to happen when a pitcher does want to cross the line. I tell you this, and I, you know, Brandon Merriweather, when I covered him in Washington, D.C., I'll never forget, he was getting fined for hitting guys up high. Mm. And I asked him, and I said, I said, Brandon, what are you going to do? And he goes, well, I guess i got to start taking out people's knees. And then that went viral back in the day. And then he came up to me at, at the park and goes, man, why'd you put my business out in the streets? I said, well, he's, you, know, you know, I got a microphone. You know this. But, like, his point was, he's saying, look, if I can't hit you high, then i got to hit you low. The wide receivers, he would tell me, would say, don't hit me low. Right. I'll pay your fine. Right. I'd rather get hit high mm-hmm. than get hit low. This is the moneymaker. Right. I got to have my legs. Yep. So there is that give and take between wide receivers and defense. Oh, absolutely. Because right? I can protect myself up high uh, a lot of the times, most of the time. I mean, if you're going after, after my head, that's different too. Sure. It's crossing the line, though. Um, and so I, I think going after your knees, you know, look at um, Godwin, right? You know, or, uh, or anybody like that, right. where their career. Uh, is at stake. Uh, they have to rebound. They have to go through rehab, and, and nobody wants to go through that. No, I, I'm right there with you. Again, I think of Vontez Perfect and mm-hmm. Antonio Brown with the Steelers. You just you, you, defenseless. That's right. why you have the defenseless uh, receiver. I just like the fact that you're trying to police baseball. <laughs> it needs policing from time to time. I don't know how you police golf. I don't know if there's a need to. We've seen some bad beats in the day, but never that bad. I do wonder if we're going to have some bad beats, though, when it comes to making and missing the cut at Augusta National. So, again, remember, the conditions are going to get a little bit dicey here in the next couple mm-hmm. days. So that should go into your factoring of who you think might make or miss the cut come Saturday. So, John Rahm, to make the cut, you can understand why he's minus 1,000. Mm-hmm. Okay, because he is – I know he's not the number one player in the world. That's Scotty Scheffler, who's minus $7. But I, I do look at some of the names, and I hate to pick on, on Jordy. 
But when I see Jordan Spieth at minus 250 to make the cut, and I get plus money that he misses it, Pritch, I don't know where his head is. It, you've mentioned it. You need a translator for he and Michael Greller with conversations that they have. And I always joke that Michael Greller must love hate being his caddy. Loves it for all the fame and fortune he's gotten and hates it sometimes for trying to be the psychiatrist out there on the course. George Spieth could miss the cut. And at plus $2, that might be one of the only other names that I would consider playing. And the other guy, and I always feel like we're playing the don't pass line. And sure. Shit, right? Like, mm -hmm. we're not trying to put the You're blue. that guy. Right. <laughs> but the other guy that I would say right now, and I know he's a popular player and a young player, is Victor Hovland. Now, you can get plus 425 at BetMGM to miss the cut. And the reason why is the short game for Victor Hovland can be questionable. Jordan Spieth is regarded as one of the best putters in the world. He's not putting very well right now. So the best thing that you do, you're not doing that to the level, mm -hmm. and Victor Hovland's not a great putter anyway. Your ball striking better be on point. Victor's ball striking is more on point than Jordan Spieth's. But I got to tell you, if I was looking to miss, those might be two quote-unquote, air quote, long shots that I would take. Well, I mean, there's not too many long shots on here for, in terms of missing a cut. Uh, but you're looking at Bryson DeChambeau, though. Uh, oh, you boy. know, the injury history, and he shouldn't be playing anyway right now from a doctor's standpoint. It's plus 160. Uh, it's not sexy, uh, but it, it's, you know, it's, I'm looking at probabilities here because of uh, where he's at. He hasn't really played a lot. Uh, and again, listening to long shots and highly recommend it, uh, Wes, Brady, and, and Matt. I mean, uh, just the knowledge of, of the masters, which mm -hmm. you have to navigate, uh, the correlation of courses. You know, they mentioned Riviera. Uh, and so, um, I mean, you, you think about some of these golfers in the first two days and these crowds, these crowds are going to be immense out there. So, I, I mean, I'm thinking a lot of factors here from the mental standpoint of some of these players. And if your game's not right and now you're trying to get right at the Masters and then you might not be as confident, uh, good probability that Bryson could miss the cut plus 160. Okay, I, I absolutely love that pick by you <laughs> because I, I would say this was listening to Brandel Chambly and mm -hmm. watching him on the Golf Channel. He eviscerated DeChambeau, and he did it in a, a factual way about how the golf swing of, Brand, of uh, Bryson DeChambeau does not line up. He's a, he's a hook player, right? He's always coming in inside. you got to have, like, a, a very elevated type golf swing to really get to these pins. He's always hitting draws in this golf course. And, you know, Bryson DeChambeau famously or infamously said, this is a par 67 for me. Mm -hmm. He shot 67 one time. So it's, the golf gods have a way of getting you back here. You mentioned it. He's rushed his recovery back. He's not playing well. All of those things factor in. You get plus money on the mad scientist missing the cut. I think you're right on, spot on with that analysis. Well, not only that, too. I mean, uh, Morikawa mentioned the fact that, you know, his initial times on the course, he was trying to play a draw. He's like, why am I trying to do that? No. Why, why am I trying to fight this course? And uh, I, I think people could try to fight the course. And you think about Bryson, uh, the mad scientist. I like that nickname for him. Uh, it, it's like he's fighting every course because he's so strong, right? And I can overpower it. I can it. overpower it. I can cut corners. But ball placements at a premium all over the fairway, certainly if you, you got to stay in there. Uh, and then around the greens, a short game. Again, long shots highlighted the short game uh, is it, so so important, and Bryson has not played a lot of golf to hone in or sharpen his short game. I totally agree with, with that analysis, and I do think he's going to have a lot of problems around there. Look, 
I'm not hating on Bryson DeChambeau. I mm-hmm. want him to be healthy. He's not healthy. And then he's got to use that brain that he has, mm-hmm. that mad scientist <laughs> brain, and make it equate to what the golf course is. He does not do that around this golf course. To your point, and it's a great one, and you don't have to go that far back, uh, but when you look at former players like number one in the world, Martin Keimer, multiple major champion, he switched his golf swing to try to win a green jacket. He's never been the same guy because he tried to hit hooks at Augusta, and he broke his natural swing, and back then he had kind of a, a small fade. And some guys do this on the score. This golf course makes your mind do crazy things. And they always say it is a thinking man's golf course. Right. You really do have to think your way around it. And that's why Tiger Woods, when he won it in 2019, and everybody else is putting it in Rays Creek, he's like, I'll just play it to the center of the green. Mm, sure. And I'll show you course knowledge. Course knowledge around Augusta National is invaluable. Well, if you think about the wind, too, and the weather-related uh, elements of, of this Masters tournament, uh, placing the ball, par, par is good. Par is great. Oh, Taking advantage of the par threes, you have to do that. There's a couple, and certainly uh, there's a couple par fives you got to take advantage of too, uh, if you're a long hitter. Uh, but you just have to be precise, though. And to me, that's what the Masters is about. You know, you just saw a shot of, of Will Zalatoris, who finished second last year in his first go round at Augusta National. He said that the difference when you're hitting your approaches, mm-hmm. you got to be a pristine uh, approach player. Nobody's better with his irons than Tiger Woods. Right, and that's why he's won five times there. He said, you're off by a yard. All of a sudden, the ball is either sloping to the left if you miss by a yard or to the right. You have to be that precise with your iron play in order to give yourself opportunities at good looks. Even par is a good score on day one for sure. When we come back, let's go back to the NFL draft and dip our toe into running backs and who we might select. Come on back. It's the Lombardi line right here on Visa and the Sports Betting Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids, but I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. 
Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even That's my dance, bro. <laughs> There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Does sleeping hot keep you up at night? Meet the Lisa Chill Collection. These cooling mattresses work like magic with a cool-to-the-touch cover, zoned springs, and comfy foam layers. Say goodbye to restless nights and wake up refreshed. Lisa's Chill Mattresses beat the heat with ultra-cool covers that whisk away heat, so you always sleep just right. These hybrids blend up to 1,032 breathable springs and plush foams for the ultimate cooling and comfort. And the Chill Collection doesn't just feel great, it looks great too with thoughtful design and pillowy quilt tops. No matter your budget, Lisa has a chill mattress for you. For a limited time, save up to $460 on chill mattresses and get two free pillows. iHeart listeners can save an extra $50 off by visiting lisa.com forward slash iHeart. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com forward slash iHeart. With Lisa, your purchase has purpose. Every year, Lisa donates thousands of mattresses to those in need. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Mike Pritchard, I am Dave Ross. This is the Lombardi Line right here on VEASAN. We are live, of course, at South Point Casino in Las Vegas. And I am it's an honor to do the show with the next commissioner of Major League Baseball, Mike Pritchard. <laughs> I do want to get back to the NFL, though, when I look at the draft here, because we always talk about quarterbacks, and we understand why, right? Those are the most important uh, players on the field. We understand that. Running back feels like I can get a guy somewhere later on in this draft kind of get him to, to do what I need, maybe burn up that rookie contract, and you might not see that guy get a second contract. That seems to be the new way in the NFL. I wonder when you look at these guys and who might be the first one selected, if they can break out of that mold and maybe say, you know what, I'm just not a serviceable back. I can be a dynamic playmaker for you. So I look at Brees Hall, and he's the number one guy coming out of Iowa State at minus 275. Kenneth Walker at plus money, plus 250, you know, you look at Michigan State and you go, well, that not he the guy? Fritz, can you tell me why these numbers, I think maybe some people would say, shouldn't those be inverted, but you can give a good case why they're not? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I think, uh, so to start with this list, uh, Walker, Spiller, White, both Whites here on the list, uh, to me, they're cookie cutters. Like, uh, they're the same cookie, right? <laughs> okay. There's no difference in these players from a skill set standpoint, and uh, there's no difference in these players in terms of what they can add in terms of value to a team on the National Football League. There's, there's no separation there. Uh, I, I can find these guys in the second round, the third round, or the fourth round even, right? And they can be productive for me. I don't necessarily have to reach for those guys in the first round. Uh, Kenneth Walker, I mean, before he transferred uh, to Michigan State, you know, he was he was a guy. Right. All of a sudden, Michigan State, he burst on the scene, and, you know, he's a Heisman finalist or a Heisman Trophy type of player, mm-hmm. right? 
Um, so, you know, and it, it can evolve that way for some players, too. I'm not going to discount that. Uh, but, you know, he's not a bigger guy. He's, he's a 5'10", 210-pound guy. Uh, and, again, cookie cutter. Now, when you go to Brees Hall, uh, he is what the prototype in the National Football is all about right now. He's from a wide zone scheme. Uh, he's a one-cut running back who understands that. Okay. Uh, he's big. He's physical. He can run a screen game as well. So he's not a cookie cutter. He can do more things. And he has that NFL body. Three-year starter. Uh, didn't miss much time at all. Uh, and so he's a tough, rugged guy, and he separates himself from the pack. And that's why I think you're seeing the odds represent that. You know, it's so fascinating. I've had so many conversations with other people in our industry about this topic of the running back position in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Are, are there – is Derrick Henry just the atypical running back that we can't find another Derrick Henry, right? So, we, so because of that, and he's such a unicorn – that we're not going to base our offense that way. We're going to run it the way that the, the Brees Halls and maybe even the Kenneth Walkers kind of scat back, throw right. down backs, and go away from that power running style. Well, there's no fullbacks in the league anymore. I mean, in half the league, they don't even have a fullback on the roster. They use an H-back or a tight end for a lead blocker. to cross gives motion. Way. Or Exactly, because yep. we do see the college concepts entering the National Football League. You're seeing more defenses only have two linebackers on the field inside. So there's no use for a, a true fullback. Um Derrick Henry is interesting because we think of him as being invincible, but yes. he got hurt. Mm. Even the great Derrick Henry can get hurt and impact a football team. I mean, that's why Vrabel won coach of the year because of what he was able to do without Derrick Henry. No right? question. So I, I don't know if you can rely on even the great Derrick Henry to be there for you consistently at the running back position. And that's what we're seeing. Because we're seeing more spread formations. We're seeing uh, receivers play running back. Yes. I mean, we're seeing so many creative uh, aspects to offense that you don't necessarily have to reach uh, for a running back these days. When you look at the, the bottom, bottom five rushing offenses in the NFL from a year ago, there's only one of those teams that were a playoff team. Mm. And ironically, that'd be the Raiders. Mm. And somehow they made it less than four yards per carry, 3.9. And then you look at some of the bottom feeders. The Texans were 3.4, so you can understand why they were dismal. The Falcons, they really struggled in the red zone last year because they couldn't run the football. The Dolphins, that surprised me a little bit. And the Steelers. Like, I know you had Big Ben last year, but, boy, you're not even getting four yards per game and barely getting over 90 a game. Does, do you still have to run the ball in the NFL? Because yeah, you it do. Feels like it, 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 you know, that becomes a misnomer now. Like, mm-hmm. well, we can just throw it all around the, the lot. The, the rules have changed, and running's for dummies. Do you still have to run the football? I, I think you do because you have to have the threat of it. Uh, you know, we see so much play action in the league too now, and, and if you don't have a threat of a running game, okay, how is play action going to work? Uh, you look at the Kansas City Chiefs, can they just drop back with Patrick Mahomes? No, they're dropping eight guys. They're dropping right. nine guys, and so they're covering up passing lanes. Uh, I think you have to run the football. You have to have a mentality to run the football because it's a tough play, uh, and we see some of these teams in the playoffs, they're not tough. Uh, like Arizona, they're not tough no. uh, because they don't want to run the football, right? And so when, you, when you're good and, and you meet other teams that are equally as good or, or maybe better than you, you have to be able to do other things. And so running the football is essential. Like when I was in the league, we needed to – our goal was to come close to 2,000 yards rushing the football. Uh, therefore, we were successful. We were balanced offensively. And I think there's some teams out there still have that, uh, that mindset. Uh, that thought process, hey, we got to get to close to 2,000 yards rushing the football in order to make the playoffs. And, and those teams are e- easily to recognize. 
Uh, but a lot of teams are moving away from that uh, and just using the threat of running the football. I, I, you're preaching to the choir because when you look at my Dallas Cowboys, when they played the Niners in the postseason, the Niners took away Ezekiel mm-hmm. Elliott and they became a one-trick pony. It's yep. easy to – if you can't run the football and there's no at least threat of it, it's much easier to defend. And it feels like these teams, and when you see those bottom feeders, those numbers correlate. We'll look at the 49ers in the playoffs. They didn't score an offensive touchdown – uh, and their playoff game against Green Bay, right? Aaron Rodgers wow. at home. But they were tough, though. Uh, and that toughness carried them through that football game and the game against Dallas as well. When you think of running the football in the NFL for successful teams, I think you normally think of the Ravens. Mm-hmm. And we knew, obviously, last year uh, with the issue, the issues they had with the injury bug, J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards specifically, they're both coming off uh, ACLs this year. And they said, look, if a running back is there, this is what Eric DaCosta, the GM, said. He said, there's one there, quote, if the right guy falls, we'll certainly strike. Where do you think a Brees Hall could go? Is he a first-round pick, or do you think, again, I can find these guys later? In the well, I, not Brees Hall, though. I, I think you can find everybody else on our list uh, later on in the draft. Okay. But, uh, I, I think there's going to be some intrigue about uh, Brees Hall, uh, just like there was for Najee Harris. I mean, Travis Etienne for Jacksonville to draft him, I know why they did it, because of the quarterback relationship. Sure. And, and so you do that, and then also maybe they were a little – uh, dysfunctional at the time too, right? Uh, but no, I, I think ATN is going to be a, a, a difference maker in the league if he stays healthy. There you go again with that word. But Brees is a guy, he reminds you when you watch him on tape, I'm not comparing him, but he reminds you of Terrell Davis. Oh, wow. The guy that puts that one foot in the ground, gets Whoa. upfield north and south and can make people miss. I'm talking about the second and third level. Well, if he reminds you of TD, mm-hmm. It's worthy of a first-round pick of right. my book. Well, of course, because TD was a six-round pick, I believe. Right, out of Georgia. At, yeah, because of injuries. But then he turned into a Hall of Famer. So Brees Hall, the upside, and that's what you're doing when you're drafting these guys. You're looking at the upside of it. His ability and, and the fact that he comes from a, a wide zone scheme, too, and you can see it on tape, how fluid he is, the vision, the power. He can run the screen. Uh, that's what you're looking for in a prototypical NFL running back. You know, Mike, it's so interesting to me to hear, obviously, for the guys that you played with and just kind of the era of football and how it's changed. Mm -hmm. And it feels like now... But everybody's running that offense, though, that TD was featured in. Right, that one cut. Mm -hmm. Let's go. The wide zone. Right. I look at it and I go, it feels like you're supposed to have two running backs now that are almost interchangeable. But if you've got a Brees Hall and he's worthy of a first-round pick and minus 275 to be the first running back selected, is he, a, is he an every-down back? Is he an Emmett Smith, a guy that can play all three downs and he pass pro won't be a problem? And I don't have to get another back because I, right. I got a guy that can give me that. Well, he is until he's not because of the National Football League, the nature of the position, he's going to get hurt. I mean, So that's why I get up too. You do. I mean, it's beneficial for you to do that. That's why maybe you mentioned the Ravens. I mean, if Brees Hall is there for the Ravens. Oh, my. Right. Uh, so, but, but well, maybe, you know, they could have some other needs. I think offensive line could be a priority for them, too. But uh, even with the guys that they have on their roster, they're not going to be ready at the beginning of the year. I don't think not to the level that they need to be. So uh, one of these guys could go uh, because of need. Uh, and again, the cookie cutter guys, that's what I'm talking about at the back end of the first round. With those guys that we mentioned with Dobbins and Edwards, and I know you're not a doctor, but they always say it's the, the next year after the ACL right. that it takes one more, which would mean these guys wouldn't be themselves again. Because I, I think fully loaded last year, 
the Ravens on paper before mm. all the, the rash of injuries to mm. the running back position, I think people thought this was a lock playoff team, right? Can you count on, on one, both these guys, to be at least close to the same guy they were before the ah, It's going to be tough. It, it really is. I saw the Ravens play this, uh, the Raiders here, uh, that Monday night game. Yeah. Uh, the Ravens at that time was one of the fastest teams in the league with Lamar Jackson, of course, right? Sure. Uh, and the Raiders were right there with them, of course. But, um, yeah, it's going to be tough for those guys. I mean, I, rehab is different. Uh, the advancement and the procedure for fixing the a- ACL is different. Uh, so it's all about the rehab. It's all about the player's ability to rehab uh, and get back out there on the field. But if you're laying the number of the 275, uh, Brees Hall to be the mm-hmm. first running back taken, you're laying that? Yes, I am. I would. There it is. Sometimes you got to lay the number because it's the right answer. When we come back, Lou Finicaro's got great answers. UFC 273 is this weekend. We'll get some great numbers from Lou. Come on back. It's VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. off tomorrow, but there is still time to get betting intel from all of our experts. We're going to have a breakdown of every golfer in the field, plus future bets and matchups in our Master's Guide, available now on vcin.com. We've got best bets from our host, from Long Shots, Brady Cannon, Wes Reynolds, Matt Humans, and our special guest, Scott Van Pelt. Sign up today. Get full access to VEASAN through the Masters, the start of baseball season, and the NFL Draft for only $19 at vcin.com slash spring. Dave Ross alongside Mike Pritchard. This is the Lombardi line right here on VEASAN. And each and every week, we love having Lou Finicaro join us to break down our UFC cards. Didn't have Lou last week because the UFC took a week off, but he is back this week. And before we get to UFC 273, our producer, Matt Santos, at the beginning of the show, told us he dipped his toe in Tiger to win at Augusta. 65 to 1. The dogs are barking. I can hear them. The dogs are in unison with Matt Santos. Lou, are you? The mailman just showed up. I'm sorry. <laughs> and th- thanks for having me on. That wasn't exactly on cue. Uh, I'm a pure contrarian, guys. And Tiger's 46. He just got off major surgery. And to me, golf is about the game. It ain't about the name. Tiger's got the name. He's got the pedigree. He's got the history. But golf owes Tiger. He dominated golf once. I'm convinced in this tournament, golf gets him back. Tiger to not make the cut was negative money. Now it's minus 110, minus 115. Uh, Depending where you're shopping, a little more patience, it'll be even better. I love Tiger to not make the cut. I've taken a little already, and I'm waiting to take more. I will be aggressive with this wager. I mean, Mike, I don't even know what to say after that. I mean, he's just crushing my hopes and dreams and Matt Santos in one fell swoop. But it's a pretty good breakdown, and it's always good analysis that we get. Let's get to UFC 273, gentlemen, Uh, and let's start right at the top. And, and Lou, look, this is something – it's really been a trend, as we've seen with a lot of main events. You're seeing huge favorites. We haven't had a lot of, like, pick-ums and and close fights. These handicaps, we can understand why they're priced accordingly. But Alexander Volkanovsky – is now minus 750 against the Korean zombie here, uh, $5 back on the zombie. What do you make of this matchup, and is this number two pricey for you? 
Well, uh, you know, he, he opens the way I track it, Volkanovski does, minus four and a quarter. So he's almost double. That is probably a little bit early on some sharp players. It's more than likely middle week and moving forward, a lot of parlays, especially with the top three fights on the card all being pretty heavy favorites. Uh, and I can see why uh, there's there's other ways to try and approach this. And in the Korean Zombie, you do have some some decent physical metrics, taller, longer, but you also have a 36-year-old guy who, at 145 pounds, his best days, the way I handicap fighting, are behind him, and Volkanovski's coming into his own. Uh, this is a kind of a graph whose points are meeting in the middle, but Volkanovski's the man ascending, and I think it's John that's the man that is not ascending. And for that reason, I like Volkanovski in this fight. I like him inside the distance. Mm. That's a five-round fight, and Volkanovski, I think, will just have too much for the Korean zombie. Volkanovski inside the distance, by the way, plus 175. You know, Lou, to your point, I mean, uh, I think uh, Volkanovski, uh, too, the style of pathway to victory, uh, maybe multiple for him, uh, certainly. Uh, but I, I want to add in the whole attraction element, because I know you have seen Dana. He has, what, the, the bonus for the fight of the mm -hmm. night. I mean, this is a championship fight. It's like, uh, can one of these fighters add that incentive to maybe tip the scale in their uh, direction as well? Yeah, they all, you know, they fight for money, but at, at this level and at this championship state, the zombie is fighting for pride. This is a guy that interrupted his career and served two years in Korea's military. So he's mature, he's centered, and he's after the belt. And he knows he's 36. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to get his most focused, best effort, whether it's in the backyard or for bonuses, because he wants to hold that belt. I just don't think he has enough in this situation. Let's go to the co-main gentlemen and another potentially five-round fight here with Aljo, Aljermaine Sterling, uh, taking on Peter Yan. Now, Aljo does have the strap. Yan is the interim champion here. And, Lou, clearly we remember very well what happened the first time around. And back then, the prices for these fights were almost pick him. Yan was a small favorite against Aljo, if memory serves. Now he's a huge favorite, minus $5 over Aljamain. Of course, he got the belt, Sterling did, with the disqualification of Peter Yan. What do you make of the rematch here? I understand that Yan's got the advantages, but, but again, it, it feels like it's just a little bit mispriced in my estimation. Yeah, in that first fight, Young ended up closing about 280 or 290, so he was a favorite. He just wasn't this kind of a favorite. And it seems from the first fight that Sterling has lost public sentiment, certainly, as well as market share because of the tsunami wave of, of, of betting or of action that has come Jan's way. I mean, I don't think we should forget that uh, Sterling was winning that first round till he got dropped. He won the second round and then started to tire in the third. Uh, he claims his, his weight cut was bad, so I'll be watching that weight cut this time. He's returned to the Sarah Longo core, mm -hmm. and overall, I think the price is obtuse. I'm finding, I'm trying to find ways 
in which to consider Sterling, and that may manifest itself in an over or a fight goes to the distance, which I feel is likely, maybe not necessarily a fight on Sterling as the dog, unless I were to maybe consider some kind of Sterling via decision at long odds. Yeah, both of those, the the, the title fight and the co-main event here, uh, both those five-round five round fights are four and a half right now for the over. Uh, so you can understand they think these fights are going to go long. I know you like the under in the main event. This one could go the decision there and get a better price tag than just playing the four and a half. Uh, let's get to what feels like a potential title eliminator. And this is in a three-round fight when you have uh, Kazmat Chimaev taking on Gilbert Burns. Look, Chimaev might have been the revelation in the UFC during 2020 and COVID and, and fighting as often as he did and kind of popping on the scene here at 170 pounds. This is still Gilbert yeah, Burns. And, and Lou, I look at it and I go, $4 over $4 coming back on Gilbert? Am I missing something? Or do you think this is, Chimaev, it's time for him to, to make his announcement that I want the title next? Well, if I'm Chimaev's camp, the best potential matchup at 170 pounds, and let's remember, Chimaev fights at 85 and 70. So he has to cut to get to 70, and he struggled making weight. So we'll have to watch that. However, if they could pick a matchup for this guy, it would be Burns. Why? Well, Burns is really a 155-pound fighter that's had some success at 170, and his power transfers because he wobbled Usman in their fight, but after that, he didn't have much. Uh, when we see the size difference on Saturday night and Burns feels the strength difference, we won't argue about the price of this fight. Uh, I, I think that Chimaev is in a great position to win. There are times to bet a fight and times to watch it in in this fight, I'll be watching. Very quickly to that end, Shemaev, we saw the great knockout of uh, Gerald Mearshart uh, not that long ago. Do you think he wants to wrestle, though, with Gilbert, or do you think he, he'll stand there and throw hands with him, too? Uh, it'll That'll be very interesting because I believe uh, Chimaev believes that he can win anywhere this fight goes. His easiest path is the fact that wrestling is kryptonite to BJJ. So I would expect him to go in there, take him down, get on top, and rain ground and pound. Yeah, this is, I always call it human chess. It's exactly what it is. If, if you're a BJJ practitioner and I'm a wrestler, we'll see how well your BJJ works when you're on your back. Uh, let's get to the women's in the strawweight division here. Mackenzie Dern against the tiny tornado that is Tisha Torres. I'm fascinated by this matchup here and you look at the numbers pretty close here. What do you make of McKenzie? We always felt like she was going to be next in the strawweight division. She's had some hiccups. Does she have another one against Torres? If she can get Torres to the ground and, and McKenzie Dern has less wrestling than I do. <laughs> Uh, and so that's that's a challenge. She's going to have to get this to the ground. If she does, she wins. If this fight is competed on the feet, Torres simply has too much movement. She's undersized, small, and much quicker. So uh, this fight will depend on Mackenzie Dern getting a hold of Tisha and dragging her down. Yeah, I totally agree with that. We know uh, we got from hell Vince Bichelle on this card as well against Mark Madsen. Any thoughts on that on the prelim fights? 
Madsen's one-dimensional. He's a great wrestler, but Pichelle's been in with a higher level of competition. He's got great experience, and the line has come his way. I like Pichelle in this fight. Now we got two title fights. we got a great third fight there with Gilbert Burns against Chimaev. A really deep card. Whenever we don't get Lou for a week, I always feel like we, we missed. It's always great to have Lou Finicaro back in the house here on Beeson. Lou, we'll see you on Friday for First Strike, my man. We'll catch up then. Thanks, guys. Good luck, everybody. Right, there he is. Lou Finicaro always does a wonderful job. Yes. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more NFL and maybe sneak in some more Tiger Talk. Come on back. It is VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids, but I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? My first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, Demarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to do That's my, my dance, <laughs> There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep experts. <sighs> Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot, 
The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. The king of sportsbooks unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM Rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like free bets and risk-free tokens. Planning a trip to Vegas? Come on out. You can convert your BetMGM points into MGM Rewards points that you can use towards dining and shows and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM resort properties located on the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. BetMGM Rewards is sports betting's premier loyalty program featuring exclusive offers, incredible experiences, and valuable perks when you wager on the BetMGM. MGM app. Sign up with BetMGM or log on today to get an even bigger piece of the action with BetMGM Rewards. Eligibility restrictions do apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Putting the finishing touches here on the Lombardi line here on VEASAN. Dave Ross alongside Mike Pritchard. This is the Lombardi line. And Pritch, you know, in the break, we saw and we talked about it a little bit that Fred Ridley, who is uh, running Augusta National these days, he was asked a lot of questions today, not just about Tiger Woods, but about Phil Mickelson. And he basically said, and tell me if I'm getting this uh, incorrect or not, that Phil was, in fact, invited to play this playing of the Masters, but that he, and he alone, chose not to play. Do I have that straight? Yeah, that's the headline, uh, Augusta Chairman. I mean, Phil Mickelson was invited to the Masters, but pulled out. Uh, so to your point earlier in the show, you talked about what happens if Phil just shows, shows up. up. I know what, what then? So, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, it, these high level situations like this, when you're the chairman and uh, you're being asked questions and, you know, as a former player, you're asked questions at times and you want to give an answer. Like you want to straddle the fence. You can't and give say an no answer. comment. Right, 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 right. You have to give something. And so uh, I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's PR. Right is it, PR and certainly as a player myself and uh, you know how to handle PR is sometimes with a difficult question, uh, but then does that lead to anything else? And, and so how will Phil react to that headline? See, the, the crazy thing to me, and you see these these pictures, these images of Phil, who's by the way the reigning PGA champion, hmm. which is going to be played next month. Like like this, is he not going to defend that crown? It, it's insane to think what we're discussing here that the second greatest golfer. Of our generation is not there and has nothing to do with injury. It has nothing to do with age. It has everything to do with comments he made about a rival golf league. Well, there were sponsorships involved too, though, right? Yes, with, they with pulled Phil out. And, yeah, so I mean, he could show up with no, he could show up with just a hat on. But then again, it's like <laughs> because the money aspect, and uh, that's part of being a professional athlete and certainly a golfer, um, you know, the look, the optics. And so you see a headline, the optics, and then sponsorships and the optics of that. And you don't know what Phil's considering. But uh, there's all that is involved in this for sure, though. All I will say is I have an active ticket 
on Phil Mickelson to win the Masters. <laughs> I got it two months ago, and then all hell broke loose. That has not been refunded yet. So until he doesn't show up right now, we'll see if he's if it's no action or action. Because again, when I, I highly doubt it would be an unbelievable turn of events if he did show up and uh, saw those azaleas and drove down Magnolia Lane here mm. and decided to play at Augusta. That would be one heck of a conversation with Fred Ridley and everybody else at Augusta. But as of right now, he is not. We're not anticipating him to play. Tiger Woods, I do believe, is done for his preps okay. here on a Wednesday. He played nine holes today. We haven't seen any line movements today. But again, from the visuals that I saw, you can see, and again, we just said Lou Finnecaro on, said that basically this money, as you've seen it come in this week, is all pro-Tiger money, right? You could have got earlier in this week plus money to make the cut. That's gone. That's going to be minus money now. If you can get around even money, that's, that's probably the best you're going to get. Does it change your, your, your thought process of betting Tiger based on when you actually see him walk the course. Yeah, you know what? Uh, just putting myself in, in Tiger's shoes in terms of how he's approaching this Masters mentally. And, and you know, I said it that Tiger does not intimidate anymore. But he's also not intimidated by this field, though. No. Like, like, if Tiger thought and he looked at this field and he's like, wait a minute, I, I, I can't compete with those guys, right? Even in this condition. He probably wouldn't play. I, I don't think he would put himself in that situation. But then again, it's Tiger Woods, though. Uh, but no, I think he looks at the field and he knows all these golfers. He knows the course. It's a stroll on a golf course for him. He's so familiar with this course. And, and I think he's going to rely on his experience to try to make the cut. And that's why I bet that he makes the cut, uh, because I think his experience is at a premium uh, he's looking at the field, evaluating the field as well. And even in his condition, coming back from this injury, he still feels pretty good about his chances. He has not skipped uh, arms and chest day. No, he has not. <laughs> he's, he's still pumping it, man. Yeah. So, again, to make the cut now, mm-hmm. you got to lay a dollar fifteen, right? you got to lay one fifteen here right. at BetMGM. That's switched all week. So, he looks like Tiger from, you know, waist up. He still looks like Eldrick, who was training with the Navy SEALs back mm-hmm. in the day. Sure, sure. Now, when you, and he's probably doing those type of uh, training to get his body back, too. So, when you think about, you play golf, right? Yeah. Like, how much mental is it for you than, than physical? Well, I would never put my name in Tiger Woods, but since you asked, <laughs> no, there, there is a lot. Like, yeah. you know, when you're playing well, mm-hmm. you know, as a golfer, whether or not you have what it takes to, to do X, right. whatever it is on that day. Mm-hmm. You can't, you can fool, fool the media. You can fool the fans. You cannot fool yourself. It's as individual sport. You know this as a, as a gifted athlete and one of the best in college football in the NFL as a first-round pick. You guys know your body. Right. Right? And you know when you can go out there and compete. I am convinced that he is convinced that his body checks out to him enough to the point of these guys, Jordan Spieth, mm-hmm. Dustin Johnson, Brooks Kepka. I don't care who you, you're not Tiger Woods. You're not a five-time Masters champion. I'm not scared, dude. And the thing that would be, make me a little bit nervy if I'm the rest of the field is when he point blank said, my golf game's in good shape. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can still hit it. Like he didn't say, you know, I've been a little, right. you know, my chipping or none of that. And so I know it's Freddie Couples and I know it's Justin Thomas. And these are his boys. They were marveling when they talked about playing with him this week. Like, 
<laughs> I'm telling you. Right. Golf game's there. Sure, sure, sure. So those guys that are eyewitnesses, the believers that watch him, they go, yeah, Matt Santa, 65 to 1. Get ready for a wild weekend, right? And then when we have this conversation next week, we go, we were just idiots. We were idiots forever doubting Eldrick. And I think, right. I think he feeds off that. Well, maybe, maybe. I, I think he feeds off of this more, though. Uh, okay, what's at stake? Because you mentioned it before, too. Uh, he has nothing to lose in terms of is he going to win a tournament or not. But he absolutely can lose the fact that he has this streak. Yes, 22 in a row. The most consecutive cuts made, right? He can lose that if he doesn't make the cut. And so for a guy like Tiger, that that would bother him. Like oh, he's that would. close to Gary Player too. And so, again, why put yourself in that situation? You don't have to play. You can go and play next year, right? The easy thing for him to do would have been to say, you know what, I'll see you at mm-hmm. the PGA. I'll mm-hmm. see you at the British, right? I'll see you down the road. He didn't do that. Nope. And he knows exactly, to your point, of what's at stake historically. There is nobody, and I mean nobody in the game of golf, that's ever been driven by numbers more than Tiger Woods, 18 for Jack. I think he said, you know, they asked him if you never won again. He's like, yeah, I, what, has he got 82? He's like, I think 82 is a pretty good number. <laughs> he does everything in terms mm-hmm. of numbers. So Tiger Woods is not going to go out there. He said it numerous times, people. I will never be a ceremonial golfer. Right. If I put that peg in the ground, I believe I can win. Whether we believe he can win or not, that's a different story. He actually believes that. And that's why I think there is still value in your number to make the cut in Matt Santos's long shot at 65 to one of, of Tiger Woods winning this weekend. I haven't played that yet, mm. but I am going to play to make the cut. I, I I'd be damned to think that he's going to go out there and say, <laughs> you know what? After six holes, I gave it a shot. I'm yeah, packing it in. Sure. I'll see you next, next yeah. week. No, the mental makeup of this guy, he'll, he'll power through pain. Uh, now, can he play the course? Can he manage the course? I, I I'm siding with him on experience to be able to do that. Can he place the ball? I'm exciting with him uh, on the play uh, on the ability to do that. And also, I don't think Tiger believes somebody's going to run away with it early on and skew it either to where it's not within reach in terms of making a cut. You know, when you look at those numbers very quickly here, and I see top 20 after round one at, at BetMGM is plus 250. Now, again, you got to think about what that number would mean when you got to field the 90 players, right? You got to think in quote unquote poorer conditions that if you shoot 70, even that could be good enough to get in the top 20 if the conditions are bad. And I know people say they, the Tiger wants a warm day for his body. Tiger likes it when the conditions are tougher because that eliminates a lot of the field that are not mentally or just good enough right. to compete on this golf course. Yeah, great point. So I actually think if the conditions are tougher, that could favor Tiger Woods tomorrow. <laughs> oh, now I've just talked myself on. Yes, day. you did. Fritz, uh, <laughs> what a blast it's been for the last two hours. Also want to thank Lou Finicaro yes. and Steve McEnany for joining us. Good luck to Matt Santos on his future play of Tiger Woods 65-1. to 1. Well, We got you covered all afternoon and evening long right here at VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. 
Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. 